0: Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert, visionary, and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery. Today, we continue on with the Brass Balls Academy, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the physical brain damage that narcissistic abuse causes. And this is going to be helpful for anyone that deals with trauma. Maybe you've had some trauma with PTSD from the pandemic and you feel depressed. You don't feel like you can form a great future for yourself. Maybe you felt like you need to move across the country. There's so many different ways that we deal with trauma. So a lot of the things that I'm going to be t- talking to you about today are going to help be very hopeful for you. But I really want to focus in on the narcissistic abuse, the physical damage it causes, and how to reverse a lot of this stuff, and a lot of the things that I did to heal my life. So what's crazy about being raised in a toxic environment is that you experience some delayed development, both emotional, psychological, and social. You deal with low self-esteem, and sometimes you're not even aware of it. I certainly wasn't aware of my low self-esteem. You can determine if you've got an issue with low self-esteem. If you grab onto things that are outside of yourself to make you feel good, that could be an award. It could be your history It could be your family. It could be the jewelry that you have on. You always know when someone is dealing with low self-esteem when they feel like they have to show there's always an underlying insecurity. So if you're dealing with that, I'm going to talk to you about how I was able to reverse that in my own life difficulty setting boundaries if if you experience narcissistic abuse especially if you're raised by them you're going to really have a hard time maintaining boundaries because if you tried to set a boundary as a child it was never honored and it was my way or the highway and if you're working with somebody that's like that that's their way or their highway and uh, it's going to be really difficult if you don't strengthen those muscles and then the other thing is that when you're raised in that environment, you're taught that your needs and your feelings are important and they're not valued, so you really have a hard time trusting others that they're going to value those things. You deal with perfectionism, and basically you're constantly criticized, and everything is a shortcoming, and if you have shortcomings, they are amplified, and so then you grow up just having an intense fear of failure, so that turns you into an overachiever. In some cases, it'll turn you into an underachiever, which basically means that you're out there subconsciously trying to prove that you can't live up to the perfectionism. And then you try to get your love needs met by people coming to your rescue, right? So there's two different ways that could show up in your life. You also deal with emotional dysregulation. So you really don't know how to regulate your emotions. You don't have any healthy coping mechanisms for your emotions to dealing with stress and trauma, and you don't have, you don't even know like how to process them. And diving into your emotions was not in your vocabulary. Definitely was not in my vocabulary. I was more focused on making the emotions go away, telling people, "Oh, it's going to be okay," or dismissing them. Not because their, their feelings were invalid. But when you're raised in a toxic environment like that, you're just wanting to make everything calm again, right? So if somebody that deals with NPD is upset, you just want to calm the storm. And so you'll do anything to just make the emotions stop, because there's no healthy ways of dealing with them. And then the last thing you deal with is codependency. And because you really prioritize your parents' needs over yourself. So, this can be translated into adulthood, into your romantic relationships, into work. If you've been raised in a toxic environment, you tend to choose toxic environments to work in, toxic people to work in, and it all happens, toxic people to date, all happens subconsciously until you get healing. And the other thing is that a lot of times you will deal with being an empath. And a lot of people think, oh, if I'm an empath, then that means that I'm I'm good. I have too much empathy. But that is not true. There is a level of unhealthy empathy. And you have to get to the point where you have healthy empathy. And you're balanced out where it's not, I have to help people at all costs. Like, I will give my life to help people. And you're giving out of... Really. And it's a way for you to feel loved and get some of your emotional needs met. So until you heal that, you can't even give to other people from a healthy perspective. So let's talk about some of the solutions. When it comes to, let's talk about first the brain damage that happens. So both your amygdala amygdala is damaged and the hippocampus from long-term narcissistic abuse. So if you're in a workplace and you're dealing with narcissistic people, you are, and you're choosing to stay there, you are creating brain damage in yourself. You're choosing brain damage. So what happens when you start to get this brain damage, which I'll go into, it also ends up harming your gut health. And when you harm your gut health, that ends up making your mental health even worse. And it also ends up causing you to have disease. So you might get systemic candida, you might get autoimmune issues, especially autoimmune issues, you could get cancer, anything that is going to creep its ugly head up from your immune system struggling is basically what's going to happen. So when I got started to get healing, I was at a point where I was really extreme. I'm still to this day, working to heal my gut. And it's been like eight years. And it's been a long journey, mainly because mainstream, like physicians don't really know solutions around autoimmune issues. It's a lot like those that are dealing with long COVID. Right now, physicians don't really know what to do. And so... A lot of people are going more towards natural path type and nutrition and all of that. And so that's definitely what I end up doing. But today I'm not gonna focus in on the physical health. What I'm gonna focus on is the mental health because you have to reset your mental health before any of the physical stuff is really gonna help. Not that you wouldn't do things at the same time. It's just if you continue to live in a toxic environment and never separate yourself psychologically from it so you're not affected by it. If you just continue on and you're continuing to cause brain damage and you are, maybe you even have left but you still have all this brain damage, you've not reversed it, it's going to be impossible for your gut to heal. Okay, so it's really important for you to heal your mental health. So what happens with with the brain damage, it actually changes your brain chemistry, right? You get anxiety, PTSD, depression, but it also changes your brain chemistry and physically causes brain damage. So it physically changes your brain. What happens is you get a release of cortisol and over a long period of time that ends up damaging your hippocampus. You also end up getting damage to your amygdala. And with the hippocampus, what's affected is your memory and your learning and then your emotional regulation. So you're not going to really be able to control yourself when it comes to getting upset. If something really sets you off, if you get triggered by something, you're going to blow up. So you now don't have the ability to really regulate your emotions. You're just going to go off like a volcano. And then the amygdala is responsible for processing emotions, right? So basically what happens when that gets damaged is you end up, with increased sensitivity, you're super super reactive to stress and threat. So put yourself in a stressful environment around someone who's poking at you consistently and you know, you're gonna be set off consistently. And that's where a lot of the reactive abuse starts to happen where somebody pokes at you until one day you've had it and you blow because what's been happening to you is you've been getting brain damage You lose it, and then they point at you. See, they're the problem. They're the one that's the problem here. Look at them just losing it when they've been causing you brain damage. However long you've been around them. So let's talk about the things that heal your brain. First of all, you got to get away from the toxic people. If you work in a toxic environment, you need to quit. If you work with toxic people, you need to. In their clients, you can need to fire them. I have an absolute uh, no-toxicity policy in my agency. I will fire a client and move them on their merry way if I feel that they are have NPD at any level. I get really triggered still about a lot of it because it's like peeling the onion and I just don't want to deal with anything narcissism. Related I don't want to deal with narcissists at all like you can just go on your merry way and live your own life with that said That's number one. It also is very difficult I agree that if you're married to somebody that is a narcissist to separate yourself But there's no there. You don't have to feel like you can't move forward you can you just have to give yourself enough space to be able to heal so that you can separate yourself psychologically. And if you want more help with that, I'm gonna link down below of this podcast a bunch of resources that's going to take you through the process of healing. So let's talk about some of these things that are going to heal your brain and that I have found to be very helpful. The first one is priming Meditation. This is what Tony Robbins put together. You can find it free on YouTube. Just type in Tony Robbins priming Meditation. And there's a various versions out there. You can find one that works for you. The reason why the priming meditation works is one, mindfulness is a key to healing both of these parts of your brain. And the priming meditation from a psychological perspective has everything that you need to rewire your brain in it. It has you focusing on the better things and gratefulness and all of these things. And it has you go through these exercises that are giving your brain new pathways to regenerate. And by doing priming meditation, that is what, how I was able to reverse CPTSD. Now, it takes time, but you have to do it every single day. And that's going to really rewire your brain, and you're going to start to see real results in your life. What happens from it is instantly you end up just succeeding more, having a lot more success in your life. As a result, so I would highly recommend the priming meditation. The other thing around mindfulness is Wim Hof. If you've ever seen Wim Hof, the Iceman Hof, he is all over social media and he talks about sitting in ice baths and all that kind of stuff, cold showers and everything. Tony Robbins talks about cold showers as well. It's important for you to stay in the present. And so, a lot of times, when you've gone through a lot of hell in life, You deal with disassociation. I was talking to a lady once and she's, oh yeah, I was raped when I was young. And at first it really bothered me after a while. It just, it just lifted and it didn't bother me anymore. And it just didn't affect me. And she was married to somebody that was extremely, had some extreme mental health issues. He had no self-regulation when it came to his emotions. And she was in disassociation and she didn't even know it. And what's interesting is you can totally be living your life in disassociation and just not know it. And a lot of times what it looks like is you spend a lot of time, just depending on your trauma type. There's four S, there's four different trauma types. But depending on your trauma type, you might start overgiving. You might start to freeze where you're going to go watch video games and you're going to check out. So it's freeze, fawn, fight. Or flight, fight is going to be somebody that deals with more on the side of MP, MPD and you're going to start to fight people. This ship is going down and I ain't the one going down <laughs> type of an attitude. The fight or the flight is going to be like you're, you're out of there. Maybe you're going to even move across the country, right? So you can deal with a variety of those. Usually there's one that is a little bit stronger. But with all of that, what you can do is snap yourself out of it. Stap yourself out of the trauma response and by utilizing ice, but also he's got an amazing app that you can download and it's the Wim Hof app and there are exercises that literally when you go through and you start to breathe, it'll turn your brain off basically all the thoughts. So you're overthinking, you're stressing out, you're panicking, you do the Wim Hof breathing and it's going to give you a euphoric feeling and you're going to turn your brain off basically. And you're going to be mindful and you're going to be in the present. And the other way you can combine what I like to do is go put my face in a bowl of ice. And that is an amazing feeling as well. If you're dealing with this and all of a sudden you're super present. I call it being fuzzy. Like things just seem a little bit fuzzy. So I'll notice what I feel before I put my face in the ice and look around. And then I put my face in the ice and look around again. And it's amazing the transformation. It's like everything before was just a little bit fuzzy in life. And if you disassociate, you can check out for a couple of weeks and you'll see this with people that have severe CPTSD where you know their homes get really messy, like you might see some uh, one of the TV shows hoarders or whatever. And what that is they don't see the they don't see the mess. They have disassociated, they have checked out mentally. <clears throat> so it doesn't have to get to that extreme that extreme for you to have CPTSD. But that's a perfect example where you just check out and there's things that you just ignore and you don't see. So the mindfulness, the primary meditation and the mindfulness, if you do both of those every day, that's gonna help you in an extreme way. The next one is gonna be exercise. So exercise is really going to help you and Dr. Carol McBride always said, you've gotta exercise if you're gonna deal with your mental health or they are connected. Just like your gut is connected to your mental health Everything's connected. So what the exercise is gonna do, it's gonna promote the growth of new brain cells in the hippocampus, which is gonna help you improve your memory and your mood. Okay. And that's also gonna help you with regulation of your emotions. So it's really important for you to exercise. You don't have to go out and do intense exercise. You could go just for a walk every single day, whatever it is, but make sure you're doing, excuse me, make sure you're doing some exercise. Yoga is really great too because it's going to um, help you to heal the amygdala and it's going to help you with the whole mind-body practice. So trauma is often stored in our bodies. In fact, you could take a couple of tennis balls, wrap them up inside a, a pillowcase, put them at the very end, twist the pillowcase so they're bundled up together and you put that on your this, one of the sides of your pelvis for a woman where your ovaries would be. <laughs> and uh, you could do this if you're a man though, but I don't really know how to describe that area, but you put it on the side of your gut and you lay on it. And what's crazy is when you do that, tons of trauma is released if you've got stored trauma and you've got to be prepared cause you might start crying. You might have some nightmares, that sort of thing it just depends on what you've got stored. And it's really interesting. All of your emotions, if they're not processed, they are stored in your body and that can also cause disease as well. So it's really important to release those things. And like I said, it doesn't take much. You don't have to experience narcissistic abuse your whole life. You just have to have some traumatic experiences. So the yoga is going to help you release some of the trauma from your body as well. And healthy diet is important, of course. That goes without saying, but I will talk about that a little bit later, maybe another podcast. And then I want to talk about learning new skills. So I mentioned this previously. Learning new skills is going to help heal your brain because it helps your brain find new pathways. So if you've experienced any of this brain damage, you have a hard time regulating your emotions, you find yourself, you're super in reactive mode and sensitive to stress or any of that kind of stuff. Start learning start doing some online courses and learn a new a couple of new skills. And uh, if you listen to my first podcast on this topic, I talked about the importance of finding hobbies and being able to, to do hobbies and check out and uh, learn to love yourself by giving yourself the recognition that you are w- were expecting from other people. And hobbies is a great way to do that and if you learn new hobbies and try new things, it's gonna help heal your brain. The other thing is, to, if you don't know who, if you never figured out who you were, this definitely was my situation where I didn't know who I was growing up. And it's so bizarre because on one level, as far as my intelligence and then as far as digital marketing and business and all this, I have been able to just excel, right? super intelligence, adulthood, all of that. But when it came to some of these other things, emotional regulation, learning to process my emotions, healing my brain. So I wasn't in this reactive mode and learning who I was. I didn't get to do any of that. So what's been interesting is as I've gone through this healing process, I feel like I became a woman for the first time because I never got to develop who I was as an adult, because you're kind of in an environment like that, you're suppressed, you are not allowed to come into your own as who you are as a separate individual. So it's funny, people will say to me, you, yeah, I look young, but they'll also say you come across as very youthful and young. And it's because there's parts of me that it took me my whole life before I actually developed. And, It wasn't until now that I could say that I am a solid adult person that's got all the components I need to be able to be successful in life. And a part of that is learning who you are and the way that you learn who you are is you start to go out and try new stuff. Again, it's back to the learning of the new things. And it could be as simple as I'm gonna go paint some pottery or I'm gonna go play a sport or whatever you're gonna do and just see if you like it. This is not only going to figure out, help you figure out who you are. It's going to help heal your brain. It's also going to help you to own your opinions of what you like and don't like, which were probably questions your entire life. If you're around narcissistic people and you'll become stronger and stronger in what you believe about things, right? What you like and what you don't like. And then again as you start to learn new things as you start to go out and try new things you start to heal your brain you start to build your own self-esteem and it just magically starts to happen as you go out and do these things and it's so important though as i mentioned before you're not going out and doing all these things and then posting it on the internet i did all these amazing things look at how amazing i am what you're doing is you're gonna go behind closed doors. Nobody's ever gonna see what you're doing. Maybe you're gonna go out and you're gonna do some, learn some dancing or something, and you're gonna go out and just have some fun, but, in taking some dancing classes, but you're not gonna share that with people. Why? Because it's very important for you to get the external recognition that you're trying to get and give that to yourself. And that's how you heal your self-esteem. Because if you're out there and you're just continually trying to get attention, try to get attention, you are basically telling the world, number one, you're super insecure. And I have definitely been there. <laughs> so I could speak to this. The flashier you get, the more insecure you're telling people that you are. And then, cause you're relying on the external thing for your worth. Secondly, when you go externally for people to see and give you the accolades and all this kind of stuff, you're relying on other people for your internal self worth. And so it's so important when you go out to do these things and you're learning these new things that you give yourself the recognition. If you create a piece of art that you give yourself the recognition, don't go to 10 people. Do you like my art? Do you like my art? Do you like my art? You give yourself the recognition and you love what you create and keep it at that. So that's very important. And then I wanna to talk to you about two more things, decisions, making, having a greater ability to make your own decisions and feel strongly about them. And that is a process as well. And then also uh, processing and racing trauma. So one of the things that's are very important is to learn how to process emotions. And instead of trying people, let's say you run into somebody and they're very upset and they're crying. So you could have a couple of different reactions to that. You could sit with them and feel with them and allow them to cry rather allow them to hurt. And you're just there with them. And maybe you're sad with them. That's the healthy thing to do holding space for somebody to feel. If you deal with not being able to process your own emotions, what you tend to do is you tend to try to resolve it for them. Fix it, right? Oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, just take some time, you're gonna be fine. Maybe you'll dismiss it. You're just gonna to try to get the emotions to turn off. But when you start to hold your own perfection imperfections in your heart with compassion, And no more judgment. You stop judging yourself. And you sit with all of your imperfections in your heart with massive compassion. And you learn to do that initially. Then you can do that for other people. When you start to feel emotions, you get triggered. You're pissed off. Whatever it is. You're sad. You're depressed. What do we want to do when we feel the negative emotions? The the emotions that hurt? We want to eat food, drink alcohol, smoke cigarettes, go shopping. Like everyone's got a vice, right? But the healthy thing to do is what is uncomfortable and that's to sit in the emotion. To feel the emotion, to go deep into the emotion. Ask yourself, what is the top emotion? What's underneath that emotion? What's underneath that emotion? Because emotions come in layers. So as you start to process, okay, so I'm depressed. Why am I depressed? What feeling am I feeling that I'm depressed? I feel depressed because I feel like I am out of control. I don't have any hope. Why do I feel like I don't have any hope? The pandemic happened and this was outside of me and it changed the entire world. And I don't have control over that. And I feel that if I create a future that I'm going to be disappointed. It's going to be ruined because I feel like that's what the pandemic did to me. It ruined my life. So what happens then? So you start to go through and you process all of this. You sit in how it makes you feel and then you grieve your loss. Okay. I lost the ability to feel safe in this world, to have a future secure future that is promised that nothing harmful is going to happen. Nothing's going to thwart my plans. And you process that emotion, you process the grief, and guess what happens? The painful emotions go away. And they don't bother you anymore. And so it's really important to learn how to sit in those emotions and process them. The other thing is, you want to do that with trauma. So let's say, you know, you get triggered. You could be triggered, quite frankly by a cat walking down the street and that cat reminds you subconsciously of something that happened in your childhood or whatever it may be so you know you get triggered for whatever reason and it sends you emotionally uh, emotional flashback to a situation you don't have a memory of what's happening you just have the emotion all of a sudden that shows up and you feel like a child that's not safe and you're in fight or flight So what's important is to start to ask yourself, when was the first time I felt this emotion? And when you start to ask yourself that you'll start to remember things in childhood. Oh, I remember that I felt that I was not safe and that I would not be able to make enough money to meet my needs because my dad came home every day and said, I don't have enough money. And I don't buy myself anything because whenever he bought me anything, he told me that he really couldn't afford it and made me feel horrible. So now I don't feel worthy of buying myself stuff. And I don't feel like I'll ever be able to meet my needs because there's not enough out there. And so then you can ask yourself as an adult, what is the truth? about that situation. As a child, maybe that's how you perceive things. So what's the reality? The reality is, your dad was just frustrated that he didn't make as much money as he wanted to, and probably wasn't a very giving person. So you could take that information. And as an adult, find the truth, and establish new truths that you live your life, and that there is enough, and that you can work hard and you can succeed. And you can also reward yourself with gifts because you're worthy of it. So that's an example of how you might process trauma when it happens. And it definitely takes time and to process these things. And when you initially, if you're somebody that goes no contact and you have ex- severe trauma, like I did myself, your, um, the trauma you experience and the flashbacks you experience will be extreme. Like I think I mentioned, I drank vodka just to get through some of them. Because they're black figures attacking me, that sort of thing, was my situation. Now, I didn't just have trauma from narcissistic abuse. I also had trauma from being held hostage in Italy and nearly murdered by the mafia. And I escaped that because what I didn't have the ability to figure out when I was in an unsafe place, an abusive environment, and around abusive people because that was my norm. I was in a car accident and left disabled. My paperwork still says I'm disabled. Three surgery reconstruct my arm. I had brain damage that I had to recover from and also couldn't walk without passing out for about eight years. And they said I'd never walk again and I'm healed. So just a lot of those traumatic experiences that you walk through and you know that you've got to process. So let's talk about erasing trauma. So let's say you've got PTSD similar to a situation where I went through with being held hostage in Italy and nearly murdered by the mafia. And you just want to erase the effect that 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 power that experience has on your life. So the resource that I found to be extremely helpful is there is a video which I will link down below that teaches you how to process er, erase the trauma so it's almost like scratching a record so the record will still play it's just you won't be able to hear the sound right it won't have this the same effect and it's tony robbins walking a woman through erasing cp or ptsd from a tra- traumatic experience so all you have to do is listen to that video pretend you're her and do what he says to do and you will erase it and i used that when i was going through emdr And I did EMDR to help me erase a lot of the trauma that I was, I've been experiencing, reduce the level, if you will. And a lot of times my psychiatrist would send me home with my wounds still open, which they're not supposed to do, but she did. And I had to have a way to get relief. And so I would then just use the NLP on whatever thing was open and it would then remove that, the effect it had on me. So I highly recommend that and then when it comes to making decisions now I still deal with this a little bit when you're when you're constantly told that you are making things up your reality isn't the truth and you're being gaslit, you start to really question yourself to make decisions you question yourself you question your own reality all of that and so it takes time to reverse all of this and it's really just practice right um The one thing that really does heal your ability to make decisions for yourself, whether it means leaving a place of work because it's toxic or whatever decision you're going to make in your life. If you find yourself going to 10 people and asking their opinion on it, that shows me that you have um, had some struggles in confidence in making decisions. And so what you need to do is create what's called your inner mother. And and there's other terms that people utilize for this as well. But you're going to imagine that you're your own parent. You could do this internal father thing too. But you're your own parent. But the mother tends to be more like nurturing in our minds. So that's why I say internal mother. So you're going to pretend to be that parent. And you're going to make the decisions for yourself that you would make as a parent. And you're going to respond to the child in you. So when you're having a hard time making decisions... It's because you are standing in the place of a child, not sure what decisions you should make, a fear of you're going to make the wrong decision. You're not confident in your own decisions. And so that's when your internal mother comes and, and you can imagine that you're going to answer your, the child in you and walk yourself through the process, ask yourself different questions. And if you were mothering a child, that had these questions, what would you be saying to them? And you can start to make decisions like I'm going to invest in my hobbies because this is going to heal my brain and this is going to heal my life. And yeah, this is a hobby. It's painting or whatever. It's not producing a result in my life as far as my work and my recognition, but it's good for me and I'm worth it. So when you start to make these decisions for yourself, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Now obviously all of this takes time. I've been working on this for, I started in 20, 2018, and it has been quite a long process in going through all of this, but the good news is that as you go through all of this, it does continue to just automatically bring you to new levels of healing. So I would say that every month I'm at a brand new place in my mental health and in my healing journey. And so hopefully you'll be able to take some of these things apply them to your life if you have trauma or if there's one of these areas that really speak to you, you can help start to work on it. I do want to give you a warning that if you are somebody that was raised by narcissists and you have chosen not to go no contact and you are relying on them or and you have not done the grieving process where... You haven't accepted them for who they are and that they cannot love you. They cannot give you the things that you needed as a child. They don't have it in them, right? You really have to go through that grieving process and the deeper you grieve, the deeper your healing is. If you choose not to go through that, none of this other stuff will work. And the people that spend years and years and years in therapy are those that refuse to go through this grieving process. And so on top of the grieving process you also have to choose to begin to meet your own adult needs healthy relationships are two people that meet their own needs they don't depend on each other for their needs being met and you have to get out of that codependency kind of mindset and the only way to do that is to heal yourself so with that hopefully that this is helpful for somebody out there It definitely helps me to share my journey and some of the things I've been through and why I'm so adamant about not working with toxic people. Please don't send me referrals of people that are toxic. (laughs) I don't want to work with them. And I just, I won't put up with any of it. And if you don't know if somebody is toxic, I highly recommend that you would go and do some research to look up some Dr. Romani. Some of her videos are great. She talks about narcissism and learn a little bit about it because it's, um, only affects about 1% of the population from what I understand. However, Dr. Romani was saying that she felt it was a kind of an epidemic, especially now with social media that has really caused it to grow. Just keep in mind, you're going to find it everywhere and you've got to know how to deal with it and how to take care of yourself in the process. So guys, thanks for listening to my podcast and I'm glad that I have a platform that I can talk about some of this deeper stuff. I love digital marketing. I love helping people market their businesses, but I've some of you know that I was a minister for many years and traveled around, spoke, helped a lot of people and wrote several books and was a coach and I was a coach before I became a marketer. So that's why I'm so passionate and I've also been trained through Tony Robbins' programs to help people get transformation. So anyway, I have a deep passion for everything coaching, which is why I choose to serve coaches and consultants with what I do. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next podcast.